Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We are at episode 50. We appreciate you tuning in today. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, we're at 50, bud. I know. Halfway to 100. I know. It is a weird deal because we're at 50, and today is a day of numbers. And so we've got um, Texas Independence Day. It's our 50th episode, and and, and not as good of note, I guess you could say, but um, it's actually the day that um, former Chesapeake CEO Aubrey McClendon died two years ago today. So a lot of a lot of numbers on today's episode. It's kind of uh, – I was kind of thinking about that earlier. It's just kind of weird how we, – obviously, we did plenty of this. It is – Worked out that way. Yeah, so uh, Texas Independence Day, this has been 182 years. 182 years. I believe uh, the date was 1836, March the 2nd. Pretty cool. Yeah, as I like to say, that was the day that God looked down and said, bless Texas. And uh, it's been great ever since. And, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be and excited. You know, I'm not a natural born Texan, so apparently I can never be a Texan. I don't know how that works, but it's it's what they've told me. But um, I'm here and happy and, and, and loving it. And uh, here's to another couple hundred, four, five, six hundred years in Texas. So it's uh, it's good, man. But, you know, Josh, we also have some other really, really, really exciting news that we've been kind of holding under the, the lid. Is that the right way? Under the hat? Well, I don't know. Keeping it keeping it buried, if you will. Keep it under wraps. Keep it under wraps. Under there wraps. we go. That's why you're the wordsmith around here. <laughs> and uh, so first off, the first two months of the year, R&D Pipe um, sponsored the Texas One Gas Podcast. And we just want to thank them. It was super great dealing with them, working with them, helped us out in a lot of ways. And so um, be sure to go check out uh, the first ever First Friday Q&A that we did with Ron Underwood. Um, he was there for that. And so great folks there. Thank you to all the people at R&D Pipe. Um, but... We now have a new sponsor, and we're really excited about that. And that is the folks over at Drilling Info. And if you've listened to this show for any period of time, we've had them on on various things. And so um, we're super excited about that for a couple of things. One, they've agreed to partner with us. Um, so that's always an honor that anyone's willing to work with you. Two, there's no kind of editorial, just like with R&D Pine Company, no kind of editorial oversight. We don't have to, um, you know, it's, it's we can still do the show as we've done it. Um, but three, this is the big thing. Three, they've given us a special offer for our listeners. It's three separate free trials. Now, I don't know, Josh, if you can sign up for each free trial or if you can only sign up for one of them. But there's three of them on, on the website that we'll, we'll link to in a second. And one's for if you're like a day trader or a commodity trader or you're into like a company analysis, there's that one. If you're more in the oil field services, you can go back to a few weeks ago when I sat down with uh, Colin Westmoreland and he talked about kind of what they do there. And so there's that one. And then the final one is if you're like a landman, if you're in the courthouses and stuff like that, there's that one. So three separate free trials. Again, I'm not saying you can try all three for free, but at least one of them. And all you have to do is go to globalenergymedia.com slash DI. That's globalenergymedia.com slash DI. And I'm sure Josh will make sure that's in the show notes. Sign up for a free trial. And please, please, if you do, send us an email, tell Tell us what you thought about their about their software. We're super excited about this, and um, Josh, I, I thought it was really big news for us. Oh man, it's fantastic news! I mean, we've we've been uh, looked at, had our eye on drilling info. I think we're one of the only podcasts that use their their rig count, or we were. And uh, I mean, the 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 tools and technology they have available over there is just it's staggering. So I'm I'm excited about it, man. I hope our listeners will go and take a look at it. I mean, it's they have some 
great tools. Uh, I, I'm tempted to go sign up for all three of them. Well, so I'll find out for the listeners if we can do it or not. Create three different emails. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, right. listeners, if you want to create three different emails aside for the trials, that's up to you. <laughs> you know, you can do that if you want to, but no, it is great. They do have great stuff. And so we're really, really excited about this opportunity. And thank you to um, all the folks over drilling info who have worked with this and, um, kind of make this has been going on for behind the scenes now for, I don't know, maybe a month or so. And so we've worked a month. Yeah. yeah. And so super excited and uh, we will be promoting their stuff for hopefully a, l- a little while to come. And so anyways, but if you want to help us out, here's how you do this. We're not going to commission off of you sign up for a free trial. We're not going to commission if you convert. But what does help us out is you going to sign up and try out these products and then letting us know, hey, we like this. We don't like this. Whatever the case may be, um, give us a feedback on what you think about it. And we'll be happy to give that to Drilling Info because they want to know too, what are, what are people looking for and how can they adapt their software to you? So it works out for everyone. Um, speaking of reviews, Josh, I believe I believe we got a review on iTunes this we week. Do. If you want we to, do. We got – we got uh, uh, we have a guy horn fan. Uh, big shout out to him for going in and giving us smart a review. Real he, smart. He has, a, he has a written review. You know, I Real think he had guy. a soft spot. I think he was feeling a little little bad for you. You've been down in the dump for last couple of weeks, you know, and uh, so it was thoughtful of him. You know, he, he needed that morale boost. That uh, what did he say? What did he say? Go ahead, Josh, because I, I can't remember exactly the word. Go ahead. Okay. All right. If 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 you insist, I'll. Uh, he said, great podcast, Ryan and Josh, even though Ryan does most of the heavy lifting. Excellent format to keep me updated on the current activities in the Texas oil and gas market. Highly recommended. So, Horn fan, I know you're feeling, feeling a little sorry for Ryan last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the pick-me-up, man. That was, that was thoughtful. He needed it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We have some of the smartest listeners in the world. We have the brain trust that listens to this show, and this is a great example of it. Um, you have a listener who's there, who's dedicated, who sees through the deceptions of what's going on, and, and um, you know, and really is really in tune with this show. And you know, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know if I'd use the. It said most of the heavy. I, I probably said all. You know, most or all. But we can. You know, we can. You know, that, I, it's kind of like the four or five star thing. I'll live with most. And so, um, Horde fan, thank you so much for that review. You also, if you would like to, could leave us a review in iTunes. It's real simple. It just takes a minute or two to get done. And stars and ratings, um, uh, star uh, ratings and reviews. Uh, the, so the rating is like the three, four, five star. The review is the written part. It, both of them really help us out. I think we're up to like twenty. 23 stars now. Um, a lot of five stars, one four star, and two one stars. Um, we got to get rid of them one stars, you know, kind of get that off. The, we can't we can't get rid of it, but we can by hopefully folks who appreciate the show, um, show us a little bit of love and leave us a rating and review. It really, it really helps us out, and especially with folks like Drilling Info partnering with us. Um, you know, looking, they, they look at stuff like that going, hey, you know, you know, wh- wh- what do the fans think of the show? So if you could take a few minutes to do that. If you don't have an iPhone, uh, I, think you, I think you can still do that. However, you can find the show in uh, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, 
uh, Stitcher, and finally, Spreaker, which is if you have an Android, which is where I would recommend getting the show, just download the Spreaker app. It is our host site, and you can get notifications right there along the way. Um, this week is the Roseland Oil & Gas event out in Midland, Texas. I might be out there. I'm torn 50-50. I'm, I'm planning internally to go. I have some stuff that I've got to get through. So if you're going to be out if you're going to be out in Midland this week, uh, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com. Would love to try to meet up with you, maybe, maybe grab a cup of coffee or something like that. Uh, it'll be a quick trip, but always try to make time for folks who listen to the show if possible. Again, that's Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, which reminds me, Josh, this is First Friday Q&A, which means we need more questions. Need questions, 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 Absolutely. questions. Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com. Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com. That is the spot to email in your questions, and we would love to do it. We have... Uh, today's show and then we got next month which is april the 6th dude that sounds like april the 6th you think about that josh <laughs> we're gonna be in april we're gonna be in april just, <laughs> we're gonna be in april just just a few weeks and i told my wife uh i said well yesterday obviously i said god can you believe it's march i mean it's just time is flying and um this show our one year anniversary i gotta look it up man we're we gotta be getting close to that don't we I, we may have already passed it, man. Looking at it, I, well, I, I feel like if we yeah. fifty two, fifty two. I know, I, I know the numbers, but it just seems like we were in February last year. I don't year. know. Do we miss a week or not? That'd be kind of the question. I don't. I, I want to say we missed mm-hmm. one week somewhere, but maybe we didn't. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we've got to be getting close to our one year. I mean, we won't. I can't imagine us having a show actually on the one year just because we record on Fridays, but. Um, no, I'm going back here, Josh, right now as we're doing this and looking. It looks like, it looks like episode one. This is great podcasting, by the way, for those who will be professional podcasters. Just stall. Came out on, <laughs> came out on um, March the first, fourth, March the fourth. Okay, March the fourth. Okay, mm-hmm. so there 4th. it is. Yeah, March the fourth. So two days. Two oh, days. Wow. Okay. Here, so man. there it is. So we got all kinds of anniversaries. I didn't even realize that we started talking, but that's crazy, man. To think we've been doing this show for uh, for a year now. That's crazy. It is, man. It's unbelievable. Well, and we should probably thank our listeners, Josh. I mean, it's been a good year. We've had really good growth, and so uh, yeah, I didn't even plan on talking about this because I wasn't even thinking about it when we were working the show. But uh, yeah, it's been a year. So to all the listeners, thank you so much. Every month is just uh, better and better, and so we really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I've been, uh, listeners have been really loyal. I think the numbers have grown, I think, consistently just about every week for yeah, the entire Yeah, year. well, they've been a little too loyal to you, but we're, we're working on that. We're working on that. We're working on that uh, to yeah. kind of get them, get them off that Josh bandwagon. Well, the, well, we're going to go ahead and jump in some of these questions, Ryan. I believe we have four questions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the first one is from Patrick Moreland. Uh, so I'm going to read this question, Ryan, and then we'll uh, hammer it out. A question from Patrick is, I'm a landowner in the Permian. We have several sections and have several deals going on all the time, but our main bread and butter is selling freshwater and landing SWDs. That is saltwater disposals. Uh, I hear a lot of companies are wanting to move to reclaim water for drilling, and I remember you talking about the Delaware doing that. What do you think the future in the Permian looks like for freshwater versus reclaimed water? And do you have any statistics on freshwater wells versus Santa Rosa wells lately. Also, do you think this will drive down the use of SWDs? Yeah. So first off, Patrick, thank you for the question. And I actually answered the show on Texas Oil and Gas Live, um, which is on Instagram six days a week at Texas Oil and Gas Podcast on Instagram. Um, but because that that only stays live, if you will, or on the feed for twenty four hours, I want to answer it on here in case Patrick missed it. 
And, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot in that question. So some of this stuff I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on, but I'll tell you what I, what I do know what I think. Um, first off, I think anytime you talk about anything with oil and gas, obviously economics is going to be a driver. So you got economics and then you've got environmental impact. And then you have um, local sentiment, right? So what do the, the locals think? And so when you look at this water issue, we talked about this I know, what, last week or two weeks ago, Josh, on the show about that water conference that was out there. And so the, the, fir- the first thing mm-hmm. is two if prices ago. are really high, if prices are really high, then people, you know, producers will be more likely to look at solutions that are going to cost them more money. And if prices are low, they're going to look for the cheapest way to produce those uh, to, to, to work on to for their wells. And so that's the first thing. And so right now, prices are in a good spot, and they look to be in a good spot for probably this year. But long term, I think the price is really not, uh, the market's really optimistic about the price. So that means that solutions like this are potentially possible, assuming they're economic. Um, if you look at the amount of water that's being used by these wells, there is going to have to be some kind of give and take because on some level, it's just that they consume so much water. Now, the Santa Rose that's mentioned there, I believe, I think it's maybe 100% brackish water, if I remember correctly. It's, it's pretty much brackish water there. And um, I don't have those statistics on how they how those perform compared to non-ones. But so the first thing is, First thing is, is price. And so the price is good, so we can look at that. The second thing is environmental impact. Now, this is going to come from um, legislation. And so what's going to happen is is that as long as the um, the government doesn't get involved, regulatory bodies doesn't get involved, then the companies are going to go back to the economic principle. Whatever is most economically friendly, that's what they're going to do. If the, if, the, if the government gets involved on some level and says, hey, you've got to use this water, um, then that's going to – um, change what they do from that standpoint. And the final thing is, is the locals. If the locals feel like um, there, there's a threat to their water, their water in their area, then they'll start pressuring um, the producers through some of these means we've talked about, through the government, maybe through just bad PR, whatever, to use different sources. Um, and what you'll see is, is that you know sometimes these this is where it gets a little bit dicey because the landowners in a certain area, they may have a different agenda. And so, um, for instance, if you live in a small town out in West Texas in kind of the city limits and around the square or whatever, um, you know, how you feel about the, them drilling water wells might be fundamentally different than a rancher who wants them to drill the water well uh, and use his water and then he can have the water well after they leave. And so you kind of have a different, you know, a different perspective there. Um, and so I think those are kind of the three big overarching things. Um, first off, it's going to be dollars and cents. Um, secondly, assuming there's no environmental regulation changes, um, people will kind of operate what they think is best. But once that changes, and it, it will change at some point, that's just the nature of this stuff, that will actually be the biggest driver. And then local sentiment, what, what are the locals thinking? Where's the pressure coming from? Um, we've had this drought we talked about. It started in 2011. That kind of, um, you know, kind of put the burden out here more. And so it's one of these things where I I don't want to take a a hard line stance one way or another. The conversations that I'm seeing seem to indicate that economically it is viable to look at these other alternatives and companies are open to that. So how does that project long term? I don't really know because it's going to be probably an operator by operator or area by area question. But I think those are the types of factors that you want to look at when you're looking at what what's the what is the future for um, some of these things that Patrick asked for. And it's a great question. It's just uh, I think it's probably more of a you know producer by producer or area by area type question with those type of factors being involved. Yeah. So just uh, just kind of recapping a little bit, Ryan. I'm I'm looking uh, talking about some of the water shortage. You know, we had you mentioned 20 uh, 2011. We there was a bit of a drought and some of the 
statistics that I looked up, some articles that I was reading on were saying that uh, the water available to our industry is really going to start declining pretty pretty sharply around 2020. Now, these numbers, where they're getting them from, I, I don't know. I haven't verified them. But uh, some of the consensus is is that around 2020, water is going to be uh, a little harder to come by. And so they're trying to find ways to deal with that and, and project out. You know, uh, I think they there's this guy named Yang. Uh, he, he ran some figures where he said 300,000 barrels of water is needed to frack a typical 7,500 foot lateral well in the Wolf Camp Midland Basin. Uh, so he's, he's looking at that and he's saying uh, that the amount of water that they're using uh, around a certain year is going to start becoming problematic. So they need to find ways to recycle uh, some of this water. And, and what you're saying, Ryan, is that areas where water is more plentiful, they may not want to spend you know millions or, or more on recycling uh, water they may it may be easier just to transport it because it's plentiful right yeah and and i think part of the issue is going to be is is that you know when you look at these projections and so you say 2020 just to kind of use that mm. that's that's not in, it's fine. in the drilling world that's just right around the corner i mean that Absolutely. i mean we've been doing the show for a year we didn't realize it till about 30 seconds ago and so you know <laughs> i mean you know so two years from now when you're looking at these drilling schedules you know th- those can get forecast out you know you know in the year and in the next year and so then you're kind of looking at your acreage down the road um so I don't want to be. So here's the thing with the water. I, I definitely do not want to be un, uh, not not sympathetic to the case because if the water is going to be a problem in 2020, then it needs to be addressed now. Um, sometimes though, you, we've seen before that some sometimes those numbers are sketchy, and that to me is always the hard thing to decipher. Is that I don't want to sit here and go, "Hey, man, use the water. We're never going to we'll never drain those aquifers," and then you come back and then boom, they're drained. But on the flip side, I don't want to say, "Hey." Um, when you go all recycled water and all of a sudden the cost of drilling goes up, um, you know, whatever the percentage is, and then it's less profitable for these producers and it costs people jobs and there never was a threat to the water. And so for me, it's, it's one of these things where when you look at how um, – and we talked about this before, Josh. Sometimes these modeling is done and projections are done. Man, it's really tough to understand, you know, exactly where the truth is on some of this stuff. And I'm just not not enough of an expert on, on the water table stuff to really speak to that. I do know that's how the industry will think about it is from those three perspectives. And if you kind of watch those perspectives, you will see. And even some of the conversations and articles that, that from the, the past couple of weeks has kind of been floating around there. Those are what they're talking about. And I think that's going to be you know, the things that kind of drive them um, moving forward. Well, next question, Ryan. This is from Steve Kemper. I believe we've had one of his questions uh, earlier on. But uh, he has a new question. Uh, with the tariffs that the Trump admin – all right, Trump administration is looking to place on imported steel and other products. How do you see this impacting the energy industry? Yeah, well, I had an initial reaction, but I reached out to a couple of clients yesterday just to get their opinion in case I was missing something. And they're they're kind of concerned. That was their their approach. Then they're not necessarily the people who are directly um buying the steel per se. Um, but then, you know, they know the people who are and they're, they're a little concerned because, you know, the price, what's going to happen with it and stuff like that. We talked about this just last week. I think it was Josh, but the Turkey, was that last week, the Turkey story about Turkey's half uh, the pipeline? Yes. About getting half the yeah, pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Half the steel. From Turkey. And we talked about how good of a, how good that is for the economy. Here's, I mean, I don't want to get too much into economics, but here's, you know, here's the reality of it. If you send someone a dollar, a paper dollar via wire transfer, and they send you back steel, um, that's a pretty good deal because that value of the paper dollar is 
to be quite honest with you, very subjective, <laughs> depending on, you know, what economists think and what report comes out and whatnot. So the fact that you're getting dollars for steel, and, and I know people go, oh, that sounds kind of crazy. We had to get into economics at a, a different point, but um, you're getting dollar for steel. That's a pretty good deal. Um and when you start doing this stuff, you know, the stock market has reacted not favorably. As you know me, I don't always look at that as a gauge. I think this time they've got it right. But if you go look at some of the economists that um, I think are I mean, probably more in tune with how to think about this stuff, you know, they're very, very pessimistic about what's going on here. And I just don't understand this, this mindset that, hey, we're going to charge someone a tax. And then we're going to charge, you know, we're going to put these tariffs on this industry because at the end of the day, ultimately, ultimately, it's me and you who had to pay for those tariffs. I mean, in some shape, form, or fashion, we might not pay for the steel directly, obviously, but, you know, it raises the cost here and it raises the cost there and it raises the cost, you know, and all of a sudden everything gets a little bit more uh, expensive. And, and just to point this out, one economist, so this is one economist quoting another, and he said that this, that this economist said that China will not retaliate with tariffs on its own um, as such action would hurt its own economy by raising prices for Chinese consumers. So this economist that that's, that put, put the tweet out, he's kind of mocking this other economist because the other economist is like, well, yeah, China would never put tariffs on their own stuff. It would hurt their own people. But that, but that guy at the same time is, is endorsing what Trump's doing. It's like, well, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, hold on. It's going to hurt the Chinese people, but if they did it, but it didn't hurt us. And that's, and that's the thing. So no, I'm not a fan of this. I understand the currency issue and uh, and how they, 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 they mess with the currency. I get all of those arguments, but at the end of the day, the tariffs, uh, when we were consistent on this too, um, when the solar tariffs came out, I said, those are bad ideas. That's not what you want. You do not want to tax, let the market work. The reason the market is screwed up is not, is nothing to do with business. It has everything to do with government and government rules and regulations and you know, all that jazz. And so let, let, let the market work. And we want to be connected. We want to buy a uh, Turkish pipeline. If that's the best pipe uh, steel, if that's the best pipe that there is. So yeah, that's my take. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of it. And um, even I will say this, Josh, I saw the, I think as a chairman or the CEO or whatever it is, the Association of Oil Pipelines came out. He's not happy about it either, saying that um, I think he's in a it's a Wall Street Journal piece. I think is where I saw him quoted at. Um, you know, he talked about it, and, and he you know, he's just no one. No one is sitting here going, "Hey, this is a great thing." And I, so I'm not really sure um, why Trump thought this would be a good idea. This is one of those things you, you just can't really understand. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's been the thing. It seems to be inconsistent with what he's been doing with tax cuts and then with the uh, trying to deregulate uh, a lot, everything, basically, uh, from mortgages to oil and gas, pipelines, Keystone. It just seemed like he was moving around uh, toward deregulation, tax relief, tax cuts, tax, you know, uh, and, and reform. And so seeing him do this, it was a little bit unexpected for me. I know that he had mentioned some of it uh, during his campaign. But uh, I had an article here from uh, Reuters, and uh, one of the things they say is that uh, specialized steel is needed to build arteries that carry petroleum. And uh, Andy Black, the CEO yeah, of the Association of yeah, Oil Pipelines, that's who you're talking about. He says, we're urging administration to avoid killing U.S. jobs to a steel tariff that impacts pipelines. So when it impacts pipelines, it's then going to impact uh, you know, drilling, the stuff they're going to use for drilling. It's going to impact the prices they're going to have to charge when they deliver this oil which is going to end up being passed all the way down to your energy bill your water bill or uh you know all those things it's going to that all of these fees are going to be passed down to the common man that's just paying for lights or for for 
you know, day-to-day things. So I think overall, I, I don't, I don't see how this is going to benefit the economy. And I think you're right, Ryan, with looking at the stocks yesterday, they, they dropped a good yeah. bit, or I don't know who's yesterday, maybe the day before, but they dropped as soon as this was announced. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, Josh, it's a good point there. Deregulation, um, tax cuts, those are all good things. But you see these tariffs and you go, man, I just, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, maybe he backs off of it. Cause I don't think it's supposed to be signed until next week. And so maybe he backs off of it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on. And, and for me, that's, you know, so I understand. And this so this kind of goes to the part of the issue is that, um, that, that, um, you know, kind of that market overreaction thing, but I think the executive order, I think he said sign next week. I have to go back and look it up. I don't think it's actually officially been done. It's just something that he's thrown out there. It's kind of like, um, some of the other stuff he's talked about here recently, it's going to happen, but I don't think it's hundred percent done. I, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting this bill, another bill, uh, executive order kind of confused on what's going on with that. But anyways, regardless, um, I don't understand it. It kind of goes against some of his stuff and it, it's really more of a, you know, it's just, it, to be honest with you, it's a negotiation tactic, Josh. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's all it is, is a negotiation yeah. tactic. And, um, you know, I, I would be very careful here because the, the Dow has been kind of rocky the past couple of weeks and now it's going to, now it's reacting to this. And all of a sudden, that momentum that you got, uh, especially in the midterm year, um, you know, be careful because, um, you know, it's uh, it could turn around on you pretty quick there. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we have one last question we're going to jump into. Uh, this is from Jesse. Uh, I think he is from Australia, Ryan. We have he's a pretty long question. So I'm going to he has a little bit of introduction. Uh, I'm just going to read the, the the question that he has and then we'll. Kind of tackle it from there. Having read a lot of news articles on the American onshore oil patch and having seen time and time again what seem to be fairly poorly researched references to technological improvements that have significantly lowered costs within the unconventional oil and gas industry, whilst the oil price has softened, I wonder what these improvements might be. With a fairly simplistic idea, having no experience within the unconventional industry, uh, I think, okay, longer lateral wells are being drilled. More sand is being pumped down the longer wells, more lateral wells from single well pad, computer learning being used to predict or confirm the sweetest spots in a particular play, et cetera. These types of broad improvements within industry are referenced in other types of news articles and have been for several years. What I would like to hear about on one of your podcasts is someone commenting in depth in a technical manner on these specific improvements that are apparently bringing significant cost savings, be they upstream or midstream related. Are these technical improvements a myth or am I just reading the wrong types of articles? Yeah. Okay. So, Jesse, that's a great question. Um, and there's a lot to unpack here. So, first, uh, um, if the specific technological advances, that's kind of the, 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 the core of the question. And, and to that, I would say that you're really going to um, – you know, we can probably look at someone like uh, maybe Bioda or something like that and bring them on to kind of talk about that or maybe get Trent back on um, from um, – from Darby, we had them on a few weeks ago. Um, first off, I would point you to Energy Week when David Blackman and I had on Alan Gilmore, and that was episode um, seven, episode seven of Energy Week. And Alan, one thing Alan talks about is the rock and the ability to get through the rock, and you know, is it better technology or is it a softer rock? So here's how I look at this stuff. First off, we're talking about better technology. Um, 
uh, and I know I, I I'm sympathetic to your frustration because you, you hear that thrown out there a lot. Better technology, better technology, better technology, better technology. So the first thing I, I kind of look at is is that we're not going from um, the Razor cell phone or the old Nokia cell phone to the iPhone. We're kind of in the iPhone era, right? As far as drilling stuff goes, we're not hearing a big, huge revolution revelations. And so, if you get a new iPhone every year, you don't feel like you're getting that much of an improvement. However, all the apps that run on the iPhone, the iPhone itself is fundamentally better than the original iPhone. Um, or if you have a Droid, the same things that true there too. And so sometimes we kind of look at this stuff and we hear longer laterals, you know, maybe sand to water ratios change, whatever the case is. And we go, well, that's not really new technology. And my question would be, and I'm not challenging Jesse, I'm just, this is kind of working this out here, is that why why isn't that new technology on some level? They had to do some kind of experiment. They had to run some kind of research. They had to run some kind of test. And and, and they figured out that that makes their drilling more effective. And so, it's, you know, it, it, so do you equate that to just an update on the app? Maybe, you know, kind of use that same, that same terminology. Or is it a new app? Um, now, when you talk about direct, technology if you're looking at someone like exxon mobile they're going to go out and buy these companies these tech companies and bring them in house so they kind of have this stuff in house um, and so sometimes we think about technology well exxon mobile might have some kind of drilling technology that's special to them that no one else has um, so that could be true if the company's out there and it's a service company then anyone in theory could have access to that so my point is with that is that it's not a monolithic movement uh, in the sense that there's not one company doing all this work. It's a bunch of companies and all these companies are trying and testing and they're hiring new vendors. And so you have this process, Alan Gilmore described it as every time a wheel's drilled, it's like a bunch of it every day. There's a bunch of experiments going on out there. Everybody's experimenting with what's going on and how does it work best. Now, on top of that, if you look at when the downturn happened, um, companies had to cut off employees, which made their drilling programs cheaper, obviously. Well, when they ramp back up, if there was 10 people to do the job before and now there's eight, okay, do we attribute that, those two people, do we attribute those two people that are missing to improve technology or improve efficiency? Okay, well, can maybe both, a little bit of both. And I don't, I don't think that there's a, a clear answer to look at and say, yes, this is it. Because each company is trying their own thing. They're doing their own thing. They're, they're trying to learn from their competitors without sharing too much. They're trying to bring in vendors without, you know, letting the vendors, you know, sometimes these vendors aren't, aren't allowed to work for everyone. Um, um, and so it, it's one of these things where I appreciate the question. I understand it. I think that, that how I try to look at that is, is that we're not in the Razer mobile phone to the iPhone mobile phone. If you don't have a Razer phone, <laughs> go back and Google it. But that may make more sense for our younger listeners. But if, you, if we're not going from that kind of transition, we're in the kind of steady year-by-year update. And so um, probably some of these writers that you're reading don't really understand a lot about what's going on. And so they kind of throw that out there. New technology, you know, reduce cost. And to be honest with you, Jesse, it's a really tough thing to kind of break down because there's no one right answer. There's just no one thing to say that, yes, this is what you can point to. If you cut, if you cut, you had 10 people and you cut them down to seven and you only come back up to eight, why do you do those two? Well, for company A, it may be this and company B, it might be this. So it's, it's just, 
you're right. It is kind of a catch-all phrase that people throw out there. Um, there is some truth to it, obviously. Um, it just depends on how you look at technology and how you look at stuff like that. And I think you had to look at it more of a year-by-year, um, kind of get a new iPhone, a new improvement, slight improvement here, small improvement there. Um, that, that's kind of how I describe it. I hope that – does that make sense, Josh? Yeah, it does. It does. I, I think uh... – I mean, it's just a, it's a more complicated question, and I think there's a lot of different ways that you could refer to technology. So, if if I mean, just for example, if you learn how to if you learn how to use recycled water to uh, improve drilling efficiency, I mean, is there a major technological advancement there, or did you just learn how to take an old technology and learn how to use it to save money? So, it I think the, it just depends on how you look at the questions, and like you mentioned, is it is right. it an update on an app or is it a brand new app? You know, is it, uh, it, it, I think, I think by and large, you could look at the industry and say over the last 10 years, they're definitely becoming more and more efficient by learning how to, uh, capitalize and maximize the, the use of different information. And I think we talked a long time ago, Ryan, where he said there was just so much information in oil and gas. The issue was not with just raw technology. The issue was with learning how to properly utilize the technology we already have, but learning how to do it in the smartest, most efficient way po- possible. There's just so much data and information available that it's hard to to get all that down. You know, it's just so many moving parts that uh, I think sometimes that's overlooked as well. No, that's a great point, Josh. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, talking to folks in the kind of the big data, you know, um, one of the things they say is, is that, you know, the data is there. It's just, first off, you got to have someone who's good at recording the data. And that's really hard. That's a very, it can be a very manualized job, you know, you know, just very monotonous every day. Um, so kind of having a company that's dedicated to doing that makes it you know very, very tough to do because the boss has to stay on the workers to keep doing this because it's a boring job and stuff slips through the cracks. So even try to automate that process. So you are right. There's a ton of data out there. We are getting better at capturing this data and looking at it. But then once you have the data, it's what, what do you do with it? Um, you know, what what questions do you ask of the data? And those are the things that, you know, that sounds kind of simple and silly, but those are the things that, you know, really, you know, that's the hard thing to figure out because you, you go into it. When you try to solve a problem, sometimes you go in thinking that you know the right questions to ask, and then you get in there and you go, Man, I don't, I don't even understand the problem really because everything I'm thinking of about how to solve this problem, it doesn't work. So you have to reevaluate it. Um, so that, that's a great point there. But yeah, I, I would say that. So I don't. I hope it's not a cop out, Jesse. It's just one of these things. I do understand your frustration. I see those same articles, and it frustrates me too because they kind of throw that out there. And I think really, if we're being honest, that they that they don't fully know. I obviously don't have the 100% right answer either. And so you just kind of throw it out there. New in tech, new, new, new technology, improved efficiency, you know, stuff like that. Because I can't tell you exactly why Simrix is doing this and why Pioneer is doing that because they're not telling me. Um, they're telling me some things and they're, and they're, they're following, but they're not telling me on that. Even if, I, even if they were telling me, I couldn't track that for every single producer and keep that list kind of fresh in my head. So um, it is kind of one of those catch-all phrases. There is some truth to it and i will say this finally my final point is there's a lot of smart cool um tech things that are coming up that aren't really mainstream yet i've heard some rumblings about um and so maybe those will improve it will it be kind of like josh said is it, is it gonna be like a new app or an improvement on the app i don't know um it's not been tested enough on some of these companies um you know the, the early results are kind of still coming in so um you're going to see this and 
more and more where tech companies are kind of investing in oil and gas. Um, but again, I don't know if that's going to be a revolutionary change or if it's just going to be kind of a small improvement. But even the small improvement, I would argue that is an improved technology to some degree. Well, uh, I wanted to say thank you again, Jesse, uh, for the question. Uh, really good question. And Jesse also wanted us to mention if anyone's listening from Australia, uh, he's a junior level petroleum geologist. You can uh, reach him on LinkedIn, Jesse Cotterell. And uh, he says he's uh, you know, a passionate, passionate uh, guy in the industry. And if any work needed, uh, give, him, give him a shout. And Jesse, if you want to bring Josh and I down to Australia to chat, we'll take first class tickets. Um, you can find me right here at DFW. Be happy to come down. We can talk about this question more if that answer wasn't sufficient. I'd love to get a face to face in Australia with you and just really sit down for three or four weeks, you know, on the beach with <laughs> drinks and uh, really talk this issue through. It's, you know, Josh, something like this, you probably should really deep dive this sucker, I think. What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Extra stats. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the beer in uh, in Australia. The, what the preferred is, but uh, I'm willing to find out. <laughs> <laughs> You're willing to fly down there just to see, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. Yeah. So, Jesse, right, we have. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Ken, Jesse. Uh, we have two two pieces of news here. Not nothing huge. Uh, kind of an M and A mergers, acquisitions, job news. Um, that I'm going to jump into. Is there anything you want to mention before I jump into that, Ron? Uh, no, 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 no. Let's let's go ahead and hit that. I would say, hey, um, first off, on the questions and answers, anything we miss, anything that we look, please email us, ryanagloberngb.com. Um, we obviously don't have all the answers. We do our best, um, but that doesn't mean we're 100% right. If we think we some, – sometimes, I will say this for the listeners, <laughs> I go back and listen to the edits, and I say stuff, I've realized, I'm like, oh, boy, I didn't mean that. And so sometimes you might email me and go, hey, why'd you say this? So feel free. We'd love to hear feedback, ryanagloberngb.com. Also, need questions for next month um you know go ahead and start getting those in so josh can start looking through them awesome awesome well the two pieces of news first one ryan is concho it's a permian land swap uh, basically a 280 million dollar sale now with some consolidation later uh it, the the person that they're doing the swap with is uh anonymous at this point but a lot of people are thinking that it is Chevron Corp. No way for me to verify that, but I believe there's 34,000 net acres in the northern Delaware Basin to this unnamed large integrated competitor. Uh, they they are under the auspices that it is Chevron Corp. Uh, but I think total is a 55,000 net acres uh, that that's involved in this sales swap that's going on. So that's the first one. Second one, Ryan, is... Uh, preferred sands. Uh, we had we had Sergio Chapa on uh, several months ago, and he talked about this particular company. And they are making some strides. They are uh, have a, announcing a commercial opening to serve the Eagleford Shell. It is uh, the this opening represents a significant event with our continued multi year localization strategy. So preferred sands. Company to watch, keep up with what they're doing. They're providing sands to the Permian and the Eagleford, and uh, the companies that are using them have a lot of good things to say about them. So, uh, some interesting moves that we'll have to keep track of. When you said that Concho tr- swapped land with Anonymous, my first thought was, "Is I didn't know Anonymous was in the oil and gas business." You know the you know the people with the mask <laughs> and they make the videos and stuff. Like mm, I, I, yeah. like that. <laughs> I thought that I thought. 
What the heck? Hmm. Josh son smoked the crack pipe today. I don't know what <laughs> one of the, one of those edits, man. <laughs> should, probably should have worded that just a just a little I'm gonna bit go different. in there and, and and widen that pause on the playback. So it sounds like you are saying it is actually anonymous, the uh <laughs> the internet hackers group. That way, you know, I'm not say, I'm not but, saying I'm trying to turn the people against you, Josh, but I'm trying to turn the people against you. So it's 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 a little, we've got our own trade war. Trump's got his trade war, we've got our fan war going on here. And so uh you know, hey. It's 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 got to happen, man. Well, it's a little bit unfair, Ben, that you're the one doing all the edits, uh, so I I don't get to control the back end. You know, being the boss and all, is, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You get all the glory. I do all the work. That's the that's the typical story story of my life. Well, Josh, a um, couple of things before we get out of here. Um, obviously, I might be at the Roseland Oil and Gas Conference this week. Um, I, I think I saw, and don't quote me on this, so if you show up and it's not true, don't blame me, but I think I think I saw someone say that Chuck Liddell is going to be at their booth at this conference, and I was like, that's worth a four-hour drive. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's worth a four-hour drive to go see Chuck. I mean, we can sit down and talk about you know, getting knocked out by Rich Franklin when Rich had a, we probably should have broke that out. We probably shouldn't talk about him getting knocked out. Probably, we'll talk about him knocking out someone. Tito. Actually, probably, probably, probably we'll go there. Tell about Tito. Oh God, I love those Tito fights. I can't stand Tito Ortiz. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. That'd probably go over better with him. But no, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't care how washed up or retired um, a fighter may be. Uh, it's, probably, it's, it's just not good business to go up and kind of ask them about their losses. Because I imagine Chuck still got it, you know? I imagine he still got it. And I don't want to get that overhand yeah. right. Um, I, don't, I don't want to know that actually. So, anyways, Chuck Liddell, I think, I think is going to be one of the booths. You can kind of go with the Roseland uh, – the Roseland's people stuff on Instagram, maybe maybe figure out if that's true or not. But um, anyways, so I think that's uh, midweek next week, right at globalgmedia.com. If you'll be out there, shoot me an email, and uh, I'll let you know if I'll be out there or not. But Josh, 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 people have got to sign up for the Drilling Info stuff. If you are into trading, commodities, um, you want just curious about stuff like that, there's a, there's a free trial for you. It's kind of like Oprah. Everyone gets a free trial. If you're in the oil field services, free trial for you. If you're a landman or a land business, you want the courthouse access to run title, things like that, free trial for you. And so um, just kind of, they, they, it's a beautiful page here I'm looking at right now. And I just kind of scroll down and see what all is available. They also have a mobile app. So don't forget that. It's not just online, it's uh, online and mobile. And they both kind of sync back and forth together. You can find that by going to globalenergymedia.com slash DI. That's globalenergymedia.com slash DI. Go try it out. Let us know what you think. It would help us out, um, give you a chance to try some really good technology and uh, you know, see if it's something that we can maybe, even if you don't like it, shoot some feedback. We'll get that to DI so they can work on improving it if it's something that they have. Um, maybe maybe there's some kind of tweak that they need to make, but I doubt it because I, I sat down with them at NAPE and this stuff is pretty, pretty cool. Pretty well, cool well, stuff. It's a, run. it's a well oiled machine it's unbelievable just all of the things I was like hey can't do this yeah hey can't do that yeah and so it's really unbelievable just all of the time they spent um, just kind of looking at this off um, you know from different perspectives and um, you know it, we talked about the other day Josh when we had on um, you know Jimmy and they, they bought like five companies in two years so they're they're doing a lot of time and a lot of due diligence so we're super super excited if you can't tell we're kind of giddy Speaking of Ryan, uh, the drilling drilling info, we haven't done the rig count for the week, uh, so we pulled that up this morning. Uh, drilling info has it at a thousand and forty six, so it's up one percent from yesterday. 
And I believe it's up like 2% from last week, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Good right. deal. Good deal. All right, Joshua, anything else before we get out of here other than that people need to go to globalenergymedia.com slash DI sign for that free trial? Mm, that's oh. it, man. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, it's if you could leave us a written review and five star rating in iTunes really helps the show out. Be sure to check out the Text Long Guys podcast live on Instagram at Text Long Guys Podcast. I am there basically six days a week doing a live stream various times of the day, but it stays up for 24 hours so you can see it there. And um, Josh, I guess that's it, buddy. I'm trying, I'm running out of stuff to say. So I guess, I guess that's the sign to get off here, right? That's, that's a sign. Yep. Oh, oh, final thing. If you're going to leave a review, talk about how great I am and how bad Josh is. And until next time, keep climbing. Mm-hmm.